0: Hey everyone and welcome to uh, the first episode of degree of doubt um, for our second season uh, discussions in this one are very interesting and get quite deep at times we're going to talk about assisted suicide and euthanasia there's lots of discussion on mental health um, and the way that affects people so just as a bit of a tree warning that there is plenty of discussion about suicide and mental health problems as well as some graphic descriptions of the laws and the acts involved in ending your own life both as an individual and in a clinical setting.
1: We're back, baby.
0: Guess <laughs> he's okay. back, 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 back again. What's well, has been oh. a isn't it?
1: It has been a while. I've missed it. Have you?
0: Yeah, we've been busy though. Kept my mind off it. But like I've I have found that like in our month or like six weeks off the amount of like stuff that's come up where I've been chatting to people and I've been like this is a podcast topic. I need to write it down or we need to bring it up on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I think we had a phone call the other day and it was kind of just exactly like we talk on air really, wasn't it? So um and like yeah, we've both both been busy. Both have been doing things, but back to routine, back to normal lives. Back to the podcast so people can hear his chat rubbish.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, as I've said all the way through, thanks I haven't actually checked our viewing figures recently, but thank you so much for like all the people that are viewing and listening. Um yeah, I mean we do this for us, but it's like nice that other people have been enjoying and getting back into it. And I've had the odd message from people saying, Looking forward to you guys getting going again. So um it's been nice,
1: it's been nice talking to friends and stuff who enjoyed it or even some of you haven't and just giving their opinion on it because then we can still change it and and things like that but no it's, it's 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 been good feedback actually
0: yeah so yeah we enjoyed it so feedback's always welcome but if you're um new or forgotten what's going on like this is degree of doubt with me and uh jacob um me being chair obviously um i forget that no one else can see us and yeah and we basically if you haven't listened to season one thoroughly recommend it because we're awesome we uh uh have a podcast set up called cool degree of doubt because we try and pick topics that are a little bit ambiguous usually like morally or politically and then try and create like degrees of doubt in what you already think or bring up topics you haven't thought about before make you think one way about it and then perhaps present different concepts or ideas or different ways of thinking and yeah and see yeah and then by the end sometimes we have strong opinions and sometimes we're still a bit confused did you characterize it any other way
1: um Apart from two idiots speaking their mind, then no, not
0: really. Oh, yeah, that's democracy, in not it? Or um, <laughs> Prime Minister's questions. <laughs> um, what was I going to say or something? Yes, yeah, so we were just saying before we came on, a lot has happened <laughs> since we last did record it. Like, we're based in the UK, obviously, and there is some shit gone down recently. Um, we've had some big changes in our sort of constitutional landscape. So, Oh, we've just...
1: had two two big changes right at the top of the chain haven't we
0: yeah the the big hitters have changed so we've got a completely new prime minister um liz truss um liz we trust apparently so we've got liz we have got liz we well we gained one liz and then we've lost another liz because what four days before recording this um the magic the, uh, her majesty uh, elizabeth ii died in balmoral in scotland um and we haven't crowned but it's been announced that king charles III will be replacing her her son so that is massive because she's been ruling for what something like 70 to, 70 years she's been in yeah
1: she's it's in our longest monarchy isn't it i think
0: yeah she, yeah it's the longest monarch we've ever had and also it's the second longest ruler in the history of the world who's the first i was going, well this is what Um, i was going to ask you who do you reckon the first is or could you even guess the country the first is from
1: No, i honestly wouldn't have a clue that's why i was asking
0: i I can remember the country now i'm doubting myself about who so So what's
1: what's the country is it somewhere like spain or something
0: well actually hold on oh yeah no oh you're not a million miles off it's france okay Um, the longest ruling monarch is uh louis the 14th and if and he he took power in france in 1643 so i think it's actually quite amazing that he ruled for so long and i'm going to ask you he was ruling for 1643 queen elizabeth ruled for 70 years how long do you reckon louis the 14th ruled uh 80 years no well yeah i don't know really why i asked you because it's 72 years so it was only two years longer than elizabeth ii but what's crazy about it is that that was in an era where living for 72 years was impressive like, oh yeah, yeah.
1: massively.
0: Let alone like, <laughs> no, yeah. running a country. Do you reckon he? Um, I don't. I don't know much about Louis the Um, do you reckon he became king when he was a kid? It must be
1: young because, that, um, around then that did happen, didn't it? Like kings or queen, or kings would have died, and then the young. Mm. He young was, was
0: a... he was five when he took the throne, and then kept it until he was seventy-seven. That's pretty mad. Um, yeah. So maybe we should. We joked that Degree of Yard didn't do an official statement or anything. We didn't do a social media blackout when the Queen's death was announced. But obviously, obviously, it's a lot of people have been really affected by it. I was in London today and the crowds, I haven't sent you the pictures yet, Jacob, but the park nearest to the, I went to go basically see Buckingham Palace and see what was going on. Yeah. I couldn't anywhere near the palace. I couldn't, sit, oh, I couldn't really? sit anywhere. It was rammed all the way up Pall Mall, which is like the long road that leads to it. There's not even anything happening there. There's no events. So it's clearly affected a lot of people and obviously will be affecting her family so like can obviously condolences her family and to the people that are sort of like affected by it i think there's lots of questions that come up about the monarchy and how we run our country so i think there will be a podcast in the right time and place about that but yeah very mad um and then i don't know any anything particular to say about liz Truss. we've got a new prime minister she was elected by. 0.3 percent of the country got got to vote on it
1: um again it seemed like obviously cause the two front runners were her and rishi and uh it seemed a bit like how but it seemed again like so many of the elections lately in in here or america it's like who's 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 the better of two evils type of thing really when it um
0: yeah, I wasn't particularly excited by either of the options. Um, yeah,
1: I am not a fan of Liz Trust. Um, I think she, um, as they as were saying, Rishi did very well on um, sort of like, I think the public support in within the Conservatives. But when it came to, in, in a party, um, politics, he didn't have the backing. A lot of the billionaires and millionaire donors who were backing Boris... Started backing Liz and they reckon that's why
0: well. it was all the other way around, wasn't it? No, but Rishi got the parliamentary vote and it was the public that wanted it, was the general population that wanted trust. <laughs> there you go, we're oh, great well, it, right. it
1: might, might be all the way around, but yeah, it was but the, a lot of the bigger, um, a lot of the big, um, funders were all supporting Liz, weren't they?
0: Yeah,
1: um, she was part of Boris's campaign and quite close to him.
0: We'd have to look it up, um. I'm pretty sure that but there's a there's a distinction, you're right. I think a lot of the donors were supporting trusts. But if when but the way the the Tories pick their leader is that they had loads of them, didn't they? And then the MPs all vote for who they want until it gets the last two and then the public what, shoot. what
1: what I found was weird is they obviously had the T V debates. I don't know if you watched any, I I didn't. Um but, but yeah. Just... They're having all these T V debates and it was um what, what was sort of like what was the point of them? Because we weren't having any any anything to do with yeah, I know. In it's, of voted in. Um, and what, it, What's your opinion? If you think so, um, like a Prime Minister gets a vote of no confidence and gets kicked out like Boris does, do you think it sh- there should be another new election um, well, through parties well, or do you well, think it should be the same party with a new leader?
0: Well, the thing is, is that what's interesting is, is that there's a, and this is probably what you meant, the, the Conservative Party decided they wanted to get rid of Boris by everyone resigning. But there wasn't an official motion of no confidence which a motion of no confidence goes to the house of parliament and all parties can vote on it and if you lose that then it goes to an election and basically what happened was the tories you remember like all of those um, ministers and everyone started resigning more than ever have in history they all resigned and then labor tabled a motion of no confidence and all the tories voted to say they do have confidence in boris johnson's government just so it didn't go to an election and it's just like so and I kind of agree though. I kind of think if there's a change of prime minister we should we should uh, have an election again because I know a lot of, I know technically you don't vote for prime minister you vote for a party and you're MP but particularly like when Boris Johnson was elected he won like he won the personal battle against Jeremy Corbyn on his whole sort of Brexit manifesto people do vote for the prime minister whether you technically don't or not is irrelevant you people do look at the prime minister and go this is who I want to lead the country i'm sort of leaning lean towards it should trigger a general election
1: yeah i i do as well um yeah no 100 I, I i think i think it, it,
0: i guess like, there might be a counter-argument that <coughs> sorry not. i think there might be a counter-argument that um is it possible if you had a really terrible prime minister and they knew that if they were going to get rid of them then and it triggered a general election then there wouldn't be an incentive to get rid of them and therefore they would just keep them in there might be some argument there that actually we'd rather the Conservatives changed Boris, because if he wasn't doing a good job or they'd lost faith in him, then I,
1: de- I definitely think they'll struggle to get as many votes with Liz next time round than they would with Boris. Cause...
0: I've got a feeling that Starmer's is going to dissect her, like in debates and like Prime Minister's questions and stuff, because Boris was very good at talking waffle and avoiding questions and stuff, and I've got a feeling that Liz Truss won't have that same sort of. Well, she doesn't have the same sort of charisma that Boris did.
1: Yeah, I think that was very clear just on the on the last um, prime minister's questions. Um, Still wasn't, still didn't get actually hounded by Starmer, but I think it was the first one. So, lots of
0: people criticise Starmer for that, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Well, well, should we get into this week's topic because there's a lot to talk about in British politics, um, and maybe we'll come back to it. But we've got a completely different topic this week. Yeah.
1: um i think we're going to be talking about well we are going to be talking about assisted suicide today um yeah. i think we're going to be talking about or we talk about our our opinions on it and um and obviously it is i would like to say i've done had no time to do any research on but, this whatsoever so my i might be quickly googling stuff and things like this but <laughs> um, well, the thing
0: is though i think this one's quite an emotive one in quite a uh, we, we can bring up topics and like concepts and then just see how you initially react to them because I'm similar to you I haven't been I haven't massively looked into it and I'm quite glad I didn't because I'm quite ready just to see how I instinctively feel about it because it is quite an emotional one in terms of like how this affects people and their families um so it'd be quite interesting to see how we initially react to it um yeah what, what what's your what's your initial what, what what's your instinctive if someone says should you be allowed to choose to end your own life if you wish to I, really
1: uh, sure. I, I I think you should be allowed to. Um, I just I feel like it's your life. You should have a choice over whether you you should be able to end it. And most of the time, we talk about sister suicide is because it's because people are talking about the people who can't do it. So um, either if they're um, disabled, I wouldn't so much talk about. talk about the mentally ill but but then do you have a point there of saying well if they're not in their right mind should they be able to make decisions as strong strong as that i Um, think that's
0: a really interesting bit we can get into because i think it is interesting that if if you're like let's say depressed and you want to end your own life (laughs) like they're like if you're not mentally unwell or not in physical like pain then you're not going to want to end your own life it's almost exclusively the people we do that do want to end our own lives are people that um that could be considered not in their right minds, but the people that are not in the right minds are the people that are gonna to want to be using this. So it is like a really interesting where do we draw that line on it.
1: So do you know how many countries currently permit assisted suicide?
0: In the whole world? Yeah. I know three for certain. I know that Switzerland Belgium and Netherlands do under specific circumstances, so I'm probably going to... I'm going to guess five in the whole world.
1: You know what, that's spot on, It's and it's, it's going to be coming six because Spain... Apparently Spain next spring will become the sixth country worldwide, so you've got the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Canada and New Zealand, uh, and sw- Switzerland permits assisted suicide for unselfish reasons. Um... Apparently, there's a few states that also uh, apparently there's a few states in America that also allow it.
0: Okay. And do you know only I was the one one bits I was looking at one country out of those six allow it allow assisted suicide for children under certain conditions.
1: Is that the Netherlands?
0: No. Well, Netherlands the youngest that it can happen is twelve. It's Belgium passed the law and they were the first country that allowed any any person of any age. Um, but under very specific conditions that's for if people have like if children have really horrific conditions or diseases or like they're born in extreme pain and they allow them to uh, end their own lives so a distinction between assisted suicide that is often drawn is if you're on a life support machine and this is the case in the UK and you're very physically, or yeah, very physically unwell, and well a life support machine is keeping you alive. Then a la- that machine being turned off and allowing yourself to die naturally isn't usually considered assisted suicide or euthanasia. It's only considered assisted su- suicide or euthanasia if you would be ca- you would carry on living regardless, but you need a drug to be put into you to kill you, and that's a, a difference um, that like is usually drawn just because. Well, yeah, because it's a useful distinction between people that would live carry on living even if they're in extreme pain that need a drug to end their life as opposed to someone that's just like is on a life support machine and needs it switching off
1: yeah yeah um so what what are your actual opinions on it
0: so i come at it with like most of my philosophical positions is that i'm quite libertarian i think that you should be able to do what you want with your life and your body as you see fit, as long as it's a personal decision and doesn't affect other people's rights. So I think you should be able to live your life how you want. And then I come at it from the perspective of, therefore, you should be able to die in the way, in the place you want. And if you want to end your own life, then then that should be your choice. I don't understand why anyone would force you to carry on living if you don't want to live. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I do totally agree but, with that um Do you see any? What do, do you? What do you see any downsides of it?
0: So yeah, I've been looking into like the counter arguments. So one, I think the one that I think when I was younger, when I first started studying this, was that really stuck out to me was I'd hate it would be a horrific tragedy if people, particularly elderly people or people that are very unwell and rely on their families and their doctors, or if they're in like a private healthcare system such as America and can't afford treatment would they ever feel pressured or pressure themselves to end their own lives rather than carrying on? I think like if I had a gra- like grandpa, like one of my grandparents for instance, she hates being a burden on anyone for anything. And I just think if she got really unwell and we were looking after her, would she say, oh no, I want to end my own life, but that's because she didn't feel that she wanted to be a burden on people. And I would hate for that situation to exist. Um, And that can only exist when euthanasia is possible and legal. Whereas if that's not possible, it's unlikely people go okay. Yeah, let's go kill me. I think that's probably one sort of counter argument to it. Yeah, that's,
1: that's a very good counter argument. I, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Um, and there's nothing... uh, I think I think there's a is is, is also a downside that I've I've also heard. So some people say yeah, it can be nice because um, you can have an easy way out, relaxing way out, um, but. It it's not always like that. people don't always react well to the chemicals they're given. Sometimes people go out in a very bad way, and that can be really disturbing. It can be hard enough for the family members knowing that one of their fam family is going to go and do this, but then they might go with them to be just to be there for them. Why why they die, and then have to witness them going through a horrible death instead of a clean, quick death. Um, so it could also scar other family members, Um, I think it's also um, giving a lot of control to doctors, which isn't always a bad thing but um, if you're giving that there definitely need to be a lot of rules in place to stop doctors taking advantage of it because you do get bad people who who would do it for people who haven't consented to it properly
0: and not, um, not even just bad people, but what happens like if like the NHS is under a huge amount of pressure anyway, let's say it was legal in the UK, would there be cases where I'm sure it happened, like how many messed up things have we seen like in healthcare where the cuts have been made and like doctors and nurses are under a huge amount of pressure? Let's say you had a condition or your family member had a condition that made you entitled to euthanasia if you wanted it, and the doctors and hospitals are like, we can barely afford to keep giving this person treatment every single day of their life. Would there be yeah. subtle pressure, not because the doctor's an evil person, and I know there have been evil doctors that kill people, but just because the doctors were like, well, we can't keep this department open for 20 people with this condition. We need five of them to have euthanasia. So like, it, could, it could,
1: yeah, like I said earlier, about start pressuring them into...
0: Yeah, and that might even be a subconscious uh, pressuring as well. It doesn't necessarily have to... And I, I wonder whether that would creep in um, at all, And then there's also happens from the patient side. Like let's say it was legalized in America where healthcare is extremely expensive and you have a condition that requires a lot because the conditions we're talking about like ALS and um, like Parkinson's in some cases are really debilitating, really horrible. And often require a lot of treatment. And would there be a case of, I can't afford this treatment. So I'm going to go end my own life because it's going to be cheaper in the long run. And I can't, I don't want to burden my family down. And that would be horrific also.
1: (laughs) So what, so you said about people with illness. What's your what's your opinion on people who say they just want to end their lives because they're really depressed and just can't seem to ever be happy and they just don't see any more point of living? What's your well, opinion, opinions on that?
0: I could let me give you sort of two um, as I always do. Give you two arguments as to why I think what I think. So, firstly, I'm quite radical in the fact that I think even if you had no illness, I just decided screw this i want to die part of part of my sort of liberal argument is i should be able to do what i want with my own body whenever i want provided it doesn't hurt other people and even if i haven't got an illness and i've just gone through a messy breakup or i hate my job (laughs) it might not be the most logical thing to go do because there's loads of other options out there and i think part of the process should be can we provide people with therapy first etc etc if i want to do it and i'm completely in my sane mind even if i don't have depression then I think i should be allowed to go do it but to be more specific on the issue of if you have depression and are you in your right mind there's some really interesting like philosophy on what we want and it's interesting to me that if someone has depression or any other mental illness and they want something that desire for that thing they want whether that's like a new kettle or if it's a to end their own life that's still something that person wants and would get pleasure out of getting And just because you're not in your right mind it i almost dispute the concept of right mind in this sort of instance because it is your mind and it's how you feel and it's how it affects your mentality on day to day if if i'm depressed and i decide i want to go kill myself and you the, the people say no you can't because you're not in your right mind i then carry on every day being like i have no control or power or liberty over my own body so I think you're almost doing more harm by restricting that person, even if they're not technically, quote unquote, in their right mind.
1: Yeah, because let's say an argument for here. If someone really wants to go in and end their life, um, a lot of the way they do it is it's going to affect other people, either by jumping off a bridge, jumping in front of a train, jumping in front of a car. um and, it's that, and that that puts a lot of tra- yeah traumatizes a lot of other people who unfortunately people p- people say obviously people commit suicide can be selfish but that's not what's going through their brain and unfortunately it's a really sad moment for them to do it that way but they just feel like no matter how they, they just need Got to no end their out. life because they're in a way out um and this this would be a way of, of stopping people other people from being trauma, traumatized from it, or, or like a also family, mean... some family member coming in and f- finding someone hanging, yeah, uh, themselves. And um, well, I know I know people on the ambulance service who have to go to call-outs like that a, a lot, and it must be horrible for them to do it. But I, but again, I think if you did, if you did, if it was legalized, even if you had something like you had to go and see a therapist for a while beforehand and just get signed off be- before them and see if there was actually anything they could do for you beforehand. But then again is that putting too many layers in the way to stop people from doing what i've just talked about doing if...
0: i think actually, you actually touched on two sort of arguments that i think is really strong as well because I, I fully agree with all like the traumatization of other people like if you jump off a building everyone's got to see that also the individual if you think that you've got to stay in your life where you're like i need to end my own life so many failed suicide attempts out there people like cutting their wrists um, um yeah, like for instance, I've just realised we should, and <laughs> I, I think we'll do this. Just I might record a little trigger warning at the start because this might be quite um hard for some people.
1: Um, I think I, I think as well we should add in the um, the Samaritans helpline as well, just in case anyone is ever feeling like that. Because there's plenty of people to talk to as well. I think while we're on the subject, if if anyone is feeling sad or depressed, just talk to someone. Like even, yeah. even if it's, even if it is Samaritans or even if it is a friend, just tell someone and reach out. For because... us. Or, or us guys all, pop, I'll say, or, or pop, pop, pop us a message i can't say we're going to be like we're going to give you all the right answers but it's just someone to yeah. release something to and we can always try and help you point in the right direction um, i think so everyone- in the
0: episode description we'll put we'll put some contacts and also at the end we'll read out some contacts as well um i think that's a really good idea what i was going to say is is that for those for those people that get to the point of the, of of committing suicide. It's an extremely traumatic thing to do. If you're going to physically end your own life, the stress and the and the trauma of actually doing it, and then maybe failing and just hurting yourself, is horrific. If these people, if these people are going to end their lives anyway, why don't we do it in a place where they can be happy and comfortable, surrounded by their family? They can guarantee it's going to, or almost guarantee it's going to work. It's not going to be painful. It's not going to be horrific. Actually, let's make people as comfortable and as happy in the end of their life as they can be rather than putting them through these these ordeals of going and doing these events where they have to go commit suicide, like even for the individual involved, let alone all their family and the public
1: yeah, because you know? let's let's face it, like you didn't get a decision to be brought into this world, so you, I, I feel like you should have a decision to be taken out of it, but um but then again. I've thought there's another downside of it is you think about people who are either really ill going through a lot of pain and they just think oh they just can't handle it anymore and then they get through it like a year or two later and they're like oh i'm so glad i'm now at the other side and yeah. I'm, so I'm back alive and got my life again um like if that was an option i would have taken it um That's so definitely, true. definitely think, a downsides, downside but i think you can
0: think counter have... that downside a little bit if you have So one argument I think is really strong for if that before you do it, you've you have to have pursued every other way to make yourself better. So like, let's say you go to the doctors, say you want to end your life and they say, well, that's possible. But we need to make sure you've had therapy first. You've seen all the doctors that are relevant to your condition, et cetera, et cetera. I think one thing that might work for that is actually brings people into the attention of like the hospitals. If you're someone I'm trying to think like if you're particularly a young person, like a young person that's self harming. And then you decide you can commit suicide you might never have seen a therapist never gone to a doctor's about it if you go because there's an opportunity to kill yourself then that then the hospitals and the government basically become aware of this person that is mentally unwell and needs support and then we can help them Whereas... well,
1: I, do, I, I do also i think if you did legalize it i do also think you have to make it so there aren't too many barriers in the way because i still think if it is someone who just outright wants to do it Really quickly, then they won't go through that, or through all the barriers. That they'll just, and then that sort of takes away. It it,
0: it takes away the the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, How about changing slight tack on it, and it's sort, it, it, it's sort of related. (laughs) I'm going back on my own definition of it at the start. There was a case, and I can't remember the names, the names of them of the people involved. There was basically um, a family. They were a Christian family they were, and they had a kid with, a, they gave birth to a child, a baby who was, was born with this horrific condition. And they basically, the condition was never going to get better. And the child was in a lot of pain and had a lot of medical equipment to keep it alive. But in, this was based in the UK. In Spain, there was like a trial drug and treatment process with new equipment and new drugs that could basically reduce the effects of that condition or even cure it. it was still in the trial phase and the parents wanted to take the kid out of hospital because the kid only had like six months to live anyway take the kid out of hospital and take them to spain and the uk government banned them from doing it because they said if you travel that child that child was going to have a lot of trauma and pain in the traveling process because they wouldn't be able to give it the proper treatment that they would in the hospital while they're on a plane yeah basically people were prevented from doing it and the and it was actually done under the human rights act they, the government said you would basically effectively be torturing a child and therefore we can't let you do it the child ended up dying six months later and the uk government knew the child was going to die but wouldn't let the parents take the kid and the parents took the government to court and lost i wonder how you feel about that about the gov- at what point at hosp- the hospitals and the government stepped in to prevent parents taking their child for treatment somewhere else
1: yeah, well, that, that was quite recent case, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the family would called or anything. but um, I, 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 I do agree to an extent because, like you said, if, it is if, I think it's one of those things. How, how old was the kid? I can't remember.
0: Literally a baby.
1: Yeah, so he doesn't have the right to be able to say, I want to go on, I don't want to go. Because there's people who, who would just be like, no, I don't want to go through that pain. I just want to be here for the next six months where I can be... Comfort, or oh, I don't know how much comfort he was in, or not. But I'm just saying, for example, um, because they're also saying on it, there's, there was a good chance of transporting him that the child would die anyway. So they, a lot, a lot of them saying that. It, but yeah, it is in theory torture, isn't it? Um,
0: yeah, but I, I think it was really interesting when parents almost have complete control over their children. There are times when the government will step in to protect children against their parents, like child abuse, is a good example. It's interesting when it came when the parents were doing it with like good moral, there was re- good reasons for why they were doing it. It's just whether that method was was justified or not and whether we should allow but parents can, to make the Because you
1: decision. can understand it because from a parent's point of view, it's like, yes, they will be going through a lot of pain. But will he ever remember this? And also that pain may be worthwhile because then he could actually live and have a life.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's almost. I think it's almost one of those. It's an, almost an impossible solution.
1: But again, we go. We go, we we talk about animals that we do put down, especially like people with dogs and cats. Yeah. And sometimes the vets will go to them. Look, we could do this operation, this operation, but they're going to be in a lot of pain. They probably won't live a very good life afterwards. There'll be a lot of pain. We think the best thing to do is to put them down. And um, some, not always, but sometimes people go, "Yeah, okay, I don't want this." Or, this this my pet's had a very good life for this amount of time. I don't want it to suffer and struggle, so that is the best. Maybe that is the best thing to do. Mm. Um, so, and it's almost like if we're doing that for if we're doing that for animals, why why would we not be doing that for people?
0: Yeah, and especially when the people involved, like the animals, can't express a preference. What's really interesting about people is that the person it's happening to, with the exception of like the baby case, the person it's happening to is almost always saying, "I'm the one that wants to do this." There's um uh, just an interesting little sort of point on this that I well I, I thought was interesting is that so Dignitas who are the main organisation the charity in Switzerland that that do most of the the killings they basically to stay legal it has to be it's called assisted suicide so I keep using the word assisted suicide and euthanasia interchangeably they're actually different assisted suicide is you help someone kill themselves euthanasia is when you kill someone on their behalf. And the key difference there is the way euthanasia, as Dignitas get around it, is because euthanasia is illegal to kill someone even if they want it. But the way Dignitas do it is they set all the drugs up, they put the needle in your arm, they get everything set, and then they have a button. And you press the button and you inject yourself, do the final little bit. And then that's how they get around it legally because you're not doing it to them. You're helping them do it to themselves. And there was a, a case went to the Court of Human Rights because there was a man who... He had an accident and he was fully disabled, paralysed. And the only thing he could do was blink. They'd been in hospital for like a year and he was able to have conversations. They had a whole language where he was blinking and they basically agreed. He said he wanted to die, all of this. But he couldn't get, Ignis has to do it because he had no way of pressing the button himself. He could say, I wanted it, but he hadn't, he couldn't move his arms. He couldn't lift his finger. So He had no way of actually administering it to himself. He wasn't allowed it. So he argued in the court, he said this is discrimination against disabled people because everyone else is allowed to get get, euthanasia, uh, get um, assisted suicide, but I can't because I'm disabled. So I, thought I, was quite, I think it's quite an interesting little... He was so disabled, like he was so needing yeah, yeah. euthanasia, the assisted suicide, that he was the one person that couldn't get it.
1: Yeah, that, and that is interesting, isn't it? Because I said there's, there's people like that who... Who are like that but still want to live their lives but then yeah are we discriminating against those people who can't mm.
0: yeah I... interesting um how far do you think um we're sort of stretching away from it a little bit how far away, how far do you think your personal autonomy of your own body extends there are people in the uk and i'm studying this at uni are people that get a condition called or they have a psychological position called limb dysmorphia, and they basically don't like their arms or their legs, and they basically feel like they're not part of them, and there are people that will go surgically, usually on, the, usually on private, and will literally have their arm, there are obviously a very small amount of people that do this, literally have their arm cut off, because they don't want it on their body. And there are people <laughs> that have gone and got their arms cut off. Do you think that's something you should have control, or is, should that sort of thing be illegal if you want to go do that?
1: It's weird, isn't it? Because again, he sort of partly says, it's your own body," but then, are you doing harm to yourself in the process?
0: Um, I think it depends on your concept of harm. Because if you want it and desire it, it's almost harmful to keep the arm because you don't want it. Would be my kind of point on it. And
1: then say if you were a fully functioning person and you decided to go and get, say, all your limbs removed, and then you then rely on others to keep keep you surviving and keeping you going where do you stand on that
0: yeah i think that's when it becomes difficult for me because then your decision isn't just an isn't just an individual decision it's, it has impacts on other people i'd probably say you still have the right to go do that but no one's under any obligation to help you and then i guess the nhs would they provide you with a wheelchair and stuff
1: well it's then it's like you couldn't just let someone starve in front of you could you have to Make sure they're being fed and, and mm. things like
0: that. Yeah, that, that, that is interesting. It's like, at what point are these things actual personal decisions or not? Um...
1: Because, because it's fair enough to the people that it happens to them as an accident or they were born like that and then they have to have extra care. But then if someone's deliberately choosing to have that done to themselves and then forcing care for themselves, then should, is that right? But then you could... Probably make the same argument about we do it for people who overeat, who smoke, who drink too much, and get ill from those type of things. That we still look after them. So, is yeah, much they, of... they do that.
0: Or like you go play rugby on the weekend and you break your arm. You you chose to go do that. Yeah. So, do you, do you think? Right then, do you think that the NHS should always treat people that have got conditions that they, that were self inflicted? Let's say I get lung cancer and I've been a smoker my whole life should I still get treatment on the NHS? Yes. Okay. And What happens if, even if like I was getting like coughs and everything and I was told my whole life by the NHS, you should quit smoking, you should quit smoking, and I never followed that advice, and then I get lung cancer when I'm 60, should I still be entitled to treat lung cancer treatment?
1: Yeah, I think you should, yeah, because you can't really discriminate against who who gets treatment and who's not. I think if you have something like the NHS, you've just got to look after everyone. And is, becomes, is there any
0: limits to that is there any limits that like it becomes so self-inflicted like if we don't if you don't look after your diet and i think your... i
1: think i think it's a hard one to say sometimes say yes too but I, I just generally think you do because again you don't know people could have been misinformed or you don't know why people have might have started smoking originally they might have been yeah that's so true started young because they weren't well started young they say they won't Bad up growing, not saying a lot of smokers do. People smoke all the time,
0: and then got addicted also, to if it. Also, it. it's an addiction like, as well. You might, it, like, it, yeah, even, it, yeah. I mean, like what well, I know about, like yeah, like disposable vapes, for instance. <laughs> like they're complete addiction, and that even if you know something's not good for you, people often very much carry on because they've literally got a thing in their brain that makes them want to do it, it makes them do it. So, would you be for
1: against suicide?
0: I think I think my overall position is that I'm for it because there's a general rule I think you should be allowed to do anything you want to do unless there's a very, very good reason not to. My restrictions on it would be I would want there to be some checks. In, and I agree with you that if you put too many checks on, you lose all the benefits because you want it to be a safe, happy environment for people to go and do yeah. it if you need to. But I would say things like if it's for mental illness or you're I think everyone, regardless if you go do it, should have to go have... When you go, you have to go do five weeks of therapy first it gives you five weeks to change your mind it also gives you five long sessions to really explore what your issues are what your problems are and gives you opportunity for a professional to help you and maybe not try and persuade you not to do it but come to realization that you're on a path and things can get better so i think that's probably the only restriction i'd place on it
1: yeah i'd be very similar i don't know if i would do as long as therapy is that but i think you should definitely have to go and do a bit of therapy beforehand um like there definitely has, has to be rules in place so people can't get pressured into it um, there's constant checks going on just to, to stop people taking advantage of the system hmm. but I definitely think yeah sh- sh- and sh- would you would you make it free or would you say tell people have to pay for it?
0: I'd have it on the NHS yeah for sure on the NHS because I think it's a way of dealing with problems Um I guess, like as I said earlier, the only thing that really scares me about it is if, if we live in a system either of private healthcare or if we, if our NHS is collapsing, would it become an alternative to avoid cost? Would it become? Um... Oh, actually, we're I'm, we're sort of t- getting towards the end of, I guess, this discussion. But one argument I heard that was really interesting on it, that was against it, was like there are certain conditions it would almost always be used for. There's certain debilitating, like being paralysed, and. Uh, conditions you were born with that completely screw you, like Hutchinson's disease. Um, and he said, this guy that was arguing he actually made a really good point. He said, if if if, if we legalize it, there were certain conditions it will be used for more than other conditions, and that will dis- de incentivize research and studying on how to cure or like make those conditions better. Because if there's less people with that condition, because we're killing off half the people that have that condition, then that's seen as like the treat that becomes the norm of the treatment for that condition. And then yeah, so it less...
1: almost, almost says to those people that do have that condition and want to live, it should be like, oh, why are you not doing that?
0: Yeah. And even, even if we're OK with them living, there's less like pharmacy companies research drugs that are going to be used. And if there's less people with that condition, then those pharmacy companies aren't going to research drugs to help those conditions. So it kind of does de actually trying to solve the issue.
1: Yeah, well, I agree. We, Sorry, I was yawning half through.
0: Yeah, now, yeah, no, it's the evening. No, we'll, we'll get in there. Uh, one final question, then, um, from me. is the only one I've got. Is currently, it's illegal in the UK. Obviously, like, there's no dignitas or anything. But there's also, like, as my best mate, like, if you wanted to die and I helped you do it, but you still did it yourself. Like, I got you the equipment you needed, or I took you to, or I drove you to a place to kill yourself, and you killed yourself, and I didn't help you actually kill yourself. But I well, I helped you get all the bits together. I could go to jail for it.
1: Yeah, because isn't it the same if even if you even if you help me so say I was the one who wanted to do it and you helped me get my flights to um, say Belgium and things like that, you could then yeah, you could still be processed, couldn't you? Yeah, 100%
0: because that is the crime of assisted suicide. Like I've assisted you to commit suicide. It's not murder. It's not manslaughter. It's assisted suicide. How do you think we should treat people that help loved ones, particularly if the loved ones are disabled or have, like, for instance, lots of. The, there's the case of Tony Bland, who was crushed in the Hillsborough disaster, and he basically was completely paralysed. He couldn't get to Switzerland by himself, so his mum took him. Um, how do you feel about those people that have technically broken the law?
1: I, I think I think I think it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you have to be careful because there are. There's been cases before where people persuaded someone to commit suicide yeah. when it's not something they probably wanted. Wanted and say they did have a, like a well, they might not even had a mental illness, but let's say someone probably be an easier target to co- convince someone to commit suicide. So they have to be careful about it, but I still think I I I think in cases like that where you hear like probably the last thing that. that family member wants to do is help help them actually kill themselves because they still want to live they still want to be around mm. but they know truly that's what they want um and they want to give their them their wish because they just that you yeah. know if, if you've got a loved one who's hating every single minute of their life and just constantly in a terrible place then why would you there's going to be a part of you or for most people it's gonna be a part of you that wants to help that person end the suffering and pain, because let's face it, if you if you've if you've got a friend who's depressed or down, and you're like, right, I want to help them out, you, so you go and take them out for a drink, you're going to have a bit, you have a few chats with them and things like that. What's what's the real difference from helping them to, to go to go somewhere like that where they can do it, then than than that really?
0: Yeah, I mean, interestingly, I think Keir Starmer spoke about this when he was head of the Crown Prosecution Service. Actually, although it's illegal, it almost is never prosecuted. So if, if you get arrested for it, the CPS look at all the facts and if they're pretty confident there was no manipulation or controlling, they almost never take it to court. It's one of those things where it's technically against the law. But in practice, it's very rarely enforced. Um, so maybe there is, it is sort of leaning, leaning that way anyway.
1: But again, it can't be, let's say a family member does take someone over... To one of these countries where you can do it and then they have to go through that process of possibly being put in prison that must be, you think of all all the terrible stuff that they're going to have to go through it's not easy it's not going to make things yeah. a million times harder for them to
0: I think or, it's, it, it's interesting because I think particularly it's one thing if you or I just got on a, so if you or I just got on a plane flew out to Switzerland and did it obviously no issues but if we're disabled to the point that we can't We don't have the mental capability for instance to book our flight so we don't have the physical capability to travel unless we're like pushed in a wheelchair or something actually like it is almost discriminatory at that point because it's saying look if you're disabled you can't go do this because you're going to get other people in prison if you're not disabled oh you you can go do it and the irony of that is the not disabled people are very rarely the people that want to go and use that service
1: yeah 100 percent um Have you got much more to say on this? No.
0: Well, we've been going for 45 um, minutes. I, I, yeah, I think that we've we've sort of scratched the surface on this one, and maybe this is something I'm really interested in. Maybe something would be really interesting to look at up and maybe come back to with really specific examples of people that have done it, or people that didn't do it, or people that um, uh, were prosecuted for it and stuff. I think that would be quite interesting.
1: Yeah. So I think, like, just going to also state that even though we both think this should be something that's legal um i'm just going to quickly read out the samaritans helpline yeah, um 116123 um or if you want to text them text shout to 85258 um because obviously you know we're, we're we think it should be legal to to do things like that we still don't want people doing it if there's other we want
0: i think we were saying we're saying we want it we want to make we want to make a bad a terrible situation as least traumatic as possible but yeah. ideally we want to avoid that and a lot of people we should say i think that a lot of people that use this service are people that have like physical problems that are like paralyzed and stuff um and lots of people it's not available lots of times for people with um or uh,
1: people and- who've gone through a lot of trauma in their life and just can't get over that trauma mm-hmm. um there's going to be things like that as well um uh, but yeah just reach out and talk to someone um
0: and it doesn't always have to be like, I think this, we touched on this uh, mental health before, but it doesn't always have to be a reach out and say, look, I'm struggling with my mental health. It can just be reach out for a chat, ask someone what's going on, yeah. ask them to go to the power Zone, because you know what? Even it, if just...
1: it, it, yeah, even if you're not feeling suicidal, you're just feeling depressed, just reach out and talk to people. It helps. Yeah. Just talking about your problems. And I think it's a, it's, it's a big thing in our society where a lot of people don't reach out because it's like it seems like a sign of weakness, but it, it's really not. You think...
0: It's just, it's, yeah
1: so many big famous people that have they've done it who've got all the money all the fame in the world who are depressed so if they can be depressed anyone can be depressed yeah um, even
0: like, just having our weekly little podcast has already made me feel better
1: <laughs> yeah no, definitely
0: definitely. even if we're talking about depression and suicide <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah a hundred percent and uh and but again i think that's be that should be i think i think like therapy should be should be part of the nhs and i know it can't be at the moment because it's so underfunded but i think therapy should be something that is an option for everyone or it should be made a lot cheaper where it's you've you've only got to pay so much uh, like a month like dentistry,
0: no. because the yeah. thing is that like getting if you get crippling anxiety that's as debilitating as breaking your legs like oh yeah, if you yeah. break your legs you have physio you have physiotherapy you have doctors you have surgeons that will all help you if you have anxiety it's like okay you've got to pay a load of money to go get that solved. so so
1: well I, I i constantly say you go and you, you've got a gym membership or you go and play sports on the weekend to look after your body keep yourself fit you can eat healthy but then okay you're doing all things for your body then and they do help with mental health uh mental health but then you're not what you're doing really to look after your brain like what are you doing to look after yeah. it so is i th- I, th- I think so many people would benefit from therapy um i've never done it personally but i i've thought about doing it before and there's definitely been situations um for example um during lockdown my granddad was really ill almost almost unfortunately le- left us D- he didn't but i thought if he did i would actually reach out and get therapy because i've never had to deal with death close to me before and i just want to go and talk to someone just to see how I should be and how my mindset should be and, and things I like would,
0: that. I would fully recommend it. And I know this is said a million times that one thing I would say is go get therapy before you need it as well. Cause like the one thing that I think almost everyone does that ends up in a therapy room is they go there when they've lost someone or a horrific thing. They've gone through trauma. It's almost like you kind of want to preempt that, understand your own psychology, understand where you're at mentally. And a bit like you say, like, you don't wait until you're obese. Well, you shouldn't wait until you're obese before you go to a gym. Um, so working on your mental health, whether that's through therapy or whether that's through, I don't know, meditation or whatever works for you, working on your own mental health before you actually have a problem, I think, is some of the best advice you could like. I've heard,
1: yeah, 100%. And I think that's especially lately more people suffering with depression and having mental health issues is is it's more common than ever. Um and I think that's part of the life we live in the Western world where we have a lot of pressures on us and even if it's social media pressures, which is something fairly new to us we don't know much about. Um and so yeah, just it's always it's always an option. Don't ever just a lot of people well, not a lot of people I know, but a few people I've known who have gone and done it have thought oh, this is something I've never needed because they've always been very strong minded, very strong willed. And they've actually gone and got therapy and they've gone oh wow this is something that i would have improved from ages ago and i wish i could have told my younger self to do this cool. and they do recommend people to go and go and do it so that's just that's my opinion on
0: it cool so yeah um i've got nothing else to say and yeah feel free to drop us a message about degree of doubt or about what's going on in your life because we will always be in here
1: yeah anyway look back look forward to oh i'm glad to be back and look forward to next week's podcast
0: well yeah we'll have to have a little think about what's up next like i always say if there's any topics people want to particularly hear or like a, a sort of anything they want to see in the podcast let us know as well because it's always nice hearing your ideas and also your thoughts about whether um assisted suicide should be legalized or not because yeah having debates yeah. with people and discussions is always fun
1: feedback please <laughs>
0: all right yeah
1: peace out
0: and degree of doubt out